0: This idea popped into my head um, uh, maybe a couple days ago because I was thinking about the concept of um, objectivism. This is Ayn Rand's philosophy, and a lot of libertarian type people um, believe in objectivism, follow follow the philosophy, or at least parts of it. Uh, not not now, not everybody, and, and certain people don't like don't like all of Ayn Rand's ideas. sure but um a lot of the libertarians a lot of the bitcoiners supposedly you know are are you know into these these ideas so i just wanted want to i want to think about does bitcoin really align with the philosophy of objectivism um and, and how and i actually you know just thinking about this briefly i haven't thought about it a whole lot but just thinking about it briefly I don't think that it does. I don't think it fits. And there's lots of, like, little pieces of, um, I guess, evidence I could point to, um, uh, to explain why I don't think it really fits. So I'll just try to remember some, I'm driving here, but I'll just try to remember some that I wrote out. Um. Bitcoiners, they constantly talk about how Bitcoin is money, but there's no evidence to support this claim. Money is the common medium of exchange, and Bitcoin is not being used in transactions. It's not, it's not the predominant medium of exchange, um, and it, no one is pricing anything in Bitcoin. So the people who have money right now, that's a fraud to me. Uh, that's definitely a fraud. Now you could maybe say the Bitcoiners should say something like, we hope Bitcoin one day will be money. And here's some evidence or here's some reasons or here, here's, here's all the list of things that would take to make Bitcoin money. Um, but what I'm, what I'm referring to in the, with this comparing it to objectivism is that, um, the people that, that are objectivists Believe um, they they accept reality for what it is, and they don't they don't try to pretend that something is something else because they want it to be that way. And I see in my observations, Bitcoiners really wishing Bitcoin was money. They really wish it to be true. And I think some people like VJ Boyapati. I think he kind of subscribes to the idea that um, if enough people think. It it can be money in the future. It'll sort of will itself into into this existence because they subscribe to this like put the put the cart before the horse idea idea. I think with the concept of money where they think that something can cannot really um, they think that they don't need commodity money, which is a departure really from the Austrian School of Economics. Which they, 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 um, they say they're, you know, that they, they, they borrow heavily from, at least say does. But um, they think that they can will in basically nothing, right? Because Bitcoin is really not a commodity like, like the regulators um, claim it is. It's really nothing. But they think that this nothing, right, can have what they call subjective value, um, that they think that they can will this thing into existence. And that one day it will be um, the common medium of exchange because so many people will will just start using it. So they think that one day there's going to be critical mass, and they think that that money, they think that money doesn't need to be a commodity. It doesn't need to be desired for its own sake. It it needs to be desired just to exchange because everybody wants it. But the reason why money comes into existence. Uh, the commodity view, the Austrian, the typical Austrian view, um, is it was first desired because it's its utility as a commodity itself. And then it was just the easiest utility to use in exchange. but it has to be desirable at rest. It has to be desirable at rest, which a true commodity money like gold would have. But Bitcoiners think they can will into existence this natural, um, reason to want to hold it. They think that they can, they can will this into existence. It doesn't. They don't need to have something that has intrinsic value, and they often will poo-poo the term intrinsic value, um, which is really another way to say that is objective value, right? Objective value, and I, I understand what subjective value is, and I think that when people refer to subjective value. They're talking about what an individual, um, will, will, will ascribe to something that they, that they need for a particular goal and everyone's goals are different at every time, you know, every moment in time. And so what this means though, in the context, what I'm trying to explain, maybe not very well, but what, what this context is, is that, um, Subjective value doesn't mean arbitrary value. It means that you subjectively personally value something according to your own needs or goals at that time period. And that everybody might have a different price of, of certain services or goods at any particular time. But we do so with a purpose. We we subjectively value things perhaps because we have a purpose in mind and a goal. Like this is part of the whole human action you know, um, element of, of what makes economics so fascinating. It's, it's, it's not just, you know, math and statistics. We're talking about people here. So it's, it's really not this, you know, um, it's really a social science, really. I mean, people debate that, but, uh, there's a human element here and we, that's why they say the study of economics is about studying essences, right? Um, and, and not so much about crunching crunching math formulas. Um, today, it's all math. But, uh, you know, the Austrian school was more about the essences of, of, of economics and principles. Um, so anyways, um, and concepts. So I think that the um, the Bitcoiners, they don't look like objectivists to me. Because objectivists to me um, would would say, what is the objective value of, of this thing? What is the, what is, um, what is the utility of something? What can I do with this thing? If I couldn't trade it with anybody else, what value is it to me? I mean, what value is it to me? And so, uh, and I'm not a, I'm not an expert on objectivism, but, um, but in my, in my, in my, you know, opinion, it's odd that the libertarians, a lot of them embrace subjectivism and like Ayn Rand and her philosophy. And um, this is just based on reality. And the Bitcoiners, you know, they're, they're like the alchemists. They're trying to create something, a digital version of gold, or at least some of them are. Um, not all of them, some, some say that it was meant to be a cash, like a currency, a peer-to-peer cash system. And perhaps that is true as well. But I've seen both. I've seen actually both both, um, both concepts refer to, like, about Bitcoin's origin and about Satoshi, or at least the very early people like Hal Finney, writing about how it's supposed to be this digital gold, but it's also supposed to be a peer-to-peer cash. So I don't know which is true. Um, uh, maybe it was meant to be sort of both <laughs> in a way. But the, the point is, is that they're trying to recreate, like um, digitally, the concept of of gold, and um, and at the end of the day, it's just code. It's it's humans writing code to try to replicate this this metal, right? This this um, thing that's actually real. Uh, and they did a pretty good job, right? but it's still it's still just this human creation and it's still code that I like to say all these all these cryptos, all these tokens are code with like a human narrative around them. So I like to say gold is sorry Bitcoin is, is a token with the narrative of being digital gold and stable coins are a token with the narrative of being pegged to a dollar. and uh, yeah. Basically, NFTs are a token, just code, with a narrative of being art or some one-off of a collection of something. Uh, Or basically, an NFT could be anything, but the commonly used um, reference is some kind of digital art. Uh, So these things are just human creations. Um, And let's see, what else? What was another... Yeah, so I think, I think, I don't want to go down that route, but I really want to just point out that I think the Bitcoiners are so wishy-washy. They point to Bitcoin's price, like, when it's going up, and then when it's not going up, they say, well, price doesn't matter. It's all about adoption. Um, And I just, I think that these words are just, they're the language that they use, like mining and adoption. I don't know what they mean by this. They're not very precise with the language that they use. And I almost feel like it's on purpose because they just want to be able to talk about stuff and say, no, I didn't mean that. Uh, and and then, um, it's, it's just, it reminds me of the woke crowd and the woke crowd is, you know, they, they come from the school of, I wish something were so, uh, so I reject reality. I just wish this were the case. And I'm going to live my subjective truth, right? They always talk about living their personal truth, and um, to me, that's not objective truth. That's not reality because you're just ignoring the nature of reality, and you're saying that well, what's real for me is is my own truth. I've, you haven't lived my life. I have this. I have this completely different experience with reality because I'm a you know so and so, whatever. Um, I come from this background or I'm a woman, or I'm a male, or whatever, whatever you are, um, and how that relates to the Bitcoiners, I just don't, I think that they, um, I think in a way they reject, they reject reality, they often even reject that gold is even useful, I mean, I've heard, I've heard some Bitcoiners tweet about, like, well, gold isn't even a useful commodity, um, it's just just this, these claims, I mean, I don't know, I guess they're saying it to bash gold because they think it's a competitor, but even, even the people that compare gold to Bitcoin, right? Or Bitcoin to gold. Um, there's this really good debate between Roy, Roy Sabag and Saifedean. And it was like two years ago now, but they are talking about gold versus Bitcoin. And Saifedean was saying, he, well, he rejects the comparison. You know, one is like tangible, and one is this abstract thing that was created by humans, uh, and so you really can't compare the two. Um, and you know, uh, they were talking about how use Bitcoin as a service, not as a money. And, but then he said, "Well, Safidine, you could try to argue that a service could be a money," but Safidine sort of refused to take him up on that argument. Uh, but he just, you know you reject the comparison because they're, they're just very different things. We project, I think that, that all this talk about digital gold with Bitcoin is just a projection of, you know, you hear this narrative of what it's supposed to be and then you just imagine it in your mind. Um, and that's like a subjective reality. But in reality, like I always try to think in reality, what is Bitcoin or what is like a crypto? At the end of the day, it's just code you know, that, that a bunch of people are running and a bunch of people then are then talking about what it represents, which is fine. You can talk about what something represents, but that's a human ab- abstraction. That's, that's something the human mind created. And I realized that that's like part of our, you know, part of, part of what's going on in the world. I don't reject that. It's, that's what's being discussed. Um, Um, hmm. let's see, what else? Oh, so another point. Um, if you, if you, if you do like a quick primer on objectivism, it's kind of a whole framework for Ayn, Ayn Rand. She, she talks about how bra- she embraces rea- like reality, just things exist. And, um, basically it, the best way maybe to describe it that I have seen is that you don't wish for something to be true; it doesn't. It doesn't come true just because you wish it to come true. You have to just object, uh, accept reality as it is. Um, and then we use our we use reason, or we use our minds to understand the world, uh, and, and and we should be able to reason and observe our world and observe reality and um and understand this world um and then we should be able to you know freely um freely act on our reason uh to create uh you know i guess products or goods that um we can freely trade with one another kind of live and let live we should be able to to pursue our own selfish happiness or act in our own self-interest um, and that we should treat others with respect, you know, when dealing with other people, as long as they're not harming you, you know, we should, we should leave them alone, right, to, to pursue their own interest. So this is sort of the framework for like, free market capitalism. But a lot of, you know, so she she basically says the virtue of self selfishness, selfishness, right, um, is is a virtue. And that sort of leads to the free market capitalism. Um, But but what people think about selfishness today, they think about somebody who's just greedy and exploiting somebody. uh, But that's not what she meant. And I think that, you know, it's another criticism of mine of Bitcoin is that a lot of what's going on in Bitcoin is fraud. And it's deceptive. You know, I've explained fraud before. I think a lot of people don't understand what fraud is. But it's um, basically a way of tricking someone into buying something. Uh, where you're lying about what they're buying. You know, you're being deceptive about it. And I think this goes on all day in the Bitcoin community. I mean, they lie that they say Bitcoin is money right now. They say that it's going to a million. They say you should never sell it for dollars. They have all of these claims to, to try to pump Bitcoin, to try to sell it um, to people. They, try, they say it's digital gold. They say all these things about it to try to get people involved in it. And it's just, in my opinion, fraud is a version of theft. Theft is wrong and theft isn't capitalism, right? Capitalism is not about being able to be able to freely defraud somebody. It's about treating, respecting people's property rights, respecting other people and not defrauding them for personal gain. Um, There's another reason why Bitcoin isn't really capitalism either. It's not productive. It's not a productive activity. It's basically just a wealth transfer system. Uh, nobody is is is. I've made this claim that nobody in Bitcoin deserves the wealth that they've made because, and people kind of understand intuitively that they they don't deserve it because they're a little bit envious, and they they know that they didn't really work for it. Um, they know that they didn't produce anything of value, and so uh, they're correct to to sort of understand that Bitcoin isn't, um, isn't this productive thing. And so in my opinion, it, it represents everything that, you know, capitalism has been perverted today. Uh, and, you know, people call what we have right now capitalism. Well, that's obviously not true. It's very status, um, But yeah, Bitcoin isn't capitalism either. And it's holding itself out is this utopian, right, freedom movement. Uh, you know, Bitcoin it represents all the good stuff, capitalism. No, it doesn't because there's all, there's massive fraud going on here and you're not being productive. You, people who put their money in Bitcoin are fundamentally not productive people. Like they're not, this isn't doing anything. You're not lending out, you're not lending, right? You're not investing in any kind of productive business and live living, lift like up living standards. You're just, um, giving your money to somebody else who bought in before you, uh, you know, so there's no productive activity going on with Bitcoin. And so it shouldn't be this idea that Bitcoin is capitalism for, 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 um, uh, for one minute. I mean, I don't think that you can associate these Bitcoiners with capitalism at all. Um, until we start seeing these Bitcoiners actually like somehow lending in Bitcoin, maybe, or even, I I actually don't even think that would count. That wouldn't count because, um, you know, somebody has to, Buy Bitcoin, and that's just going to somebody else. So even if even if these Bitcoiners were like, "Well, I'll just lend the Bitcoin out," well, I mean that. maybe maybe that would help, but um, but you're still because Bitcoin's not useful. Back to this idea of Bitcoin's not useful; it's just um, subjectively priced. It's basically priced at what people um, supply and demand. Right at, at any one moment, that's what Bitcoin's going to be priced at. You know. Uh, whatever the last trade is, right? And then they calculate this whole market cap that doesn't mean anything. Um, like if, if Bitcoin ceased trading, ceased trading, like all the exchanges were shut down, Bitcoin would have a price of zero and you wouldn't uh, be able to do anything with it. It would be worth absolutely nothing. And the Bitcoiners, they really, really get get triggered by this whole idea of it doesn't have intrinsic value. Um, and I think that's the, probably the best argument of why they reject reality is because it doesn't have re- intrinsic um, value, it's not really real. There's nothing there. It's all just poof. It's all puff. It's just all, it's all word salad stuff that they, they go on a, you know, that they talk about all day. It's, it's nothing. And, um, if, if you, if, if you can't do anything with it, how can it be anything? Right. It's not anything. It's, it's so, by them rejecting this, in my opinion, they reject reality. And they also don't understand, again, the difference between arbitrary value and subjective value. Like, so what the Bitcoiners have right now is an arbitrarily priced asset. Um, it's not even really subjectively valued, even though they, they claim that. Um, because you can't, the only thing anybody is buying Bitcoin for is to get rich uh, or, or maybe in the case of maybe somebody who's just trying to flee some country and this is the easiest way to like move their money, whatever, at that one point. But that doesn't mean that they need to hold Bitcoin forever. Um, But most people are just speculating on the price. And so uh, this is, this is, this is just how it's priced. It's, it's not, it, it, it doesn't have any utility. So it can't have an objective real price or real value, I'd say, compared to other, commodities let's see um bitcoiners have mood swings yeah i already talked about that it's like one day they care about price and one day they don't uh they don't use terms like mining appropriately i mentioned that one um just things like basic basic definitions of what things are in bitcoin um or, or basic terms they use to describe things are just not not accurate in my mind. They don't fit with what real mining would be. Um, and maybe it's because it's just difficult to explain or, or maybe they think come up with a new word for it, I don't know. But I think it's, um, I think that the general public, and they do this on purpose, they think about mining a coin and think, oh, well, it's just a way to create new coins but they always forget about the transactions that are being, that are being, um, processed. Um, and the regulators forget about the transactions being processed and they, they forget that these people are, the miners are actually money trans, you know, money transmitters. They're moving value. Um, and yet they're not having to abide by the same rules that other financial institutions who move money have to, which is like KYCing everybody. Um, so they sort of think that they're above the law, which is which is um, not objective reality either. Like if you think that you're above above the law, you think that you the, the rules don't apply to you, and somehow you're special, right? Somehow somehow you're you're not like an average human or something. And uh, I I think that maybe that doesn't explain it. I think what explains it is that they're just using trickery to con people into thinking well, we we just are code, it's just a program. We're not really moving any money, but, but what are you doing in reality? You're, you're, you are moving value um, in this abstract system you've created. That's the goal of Bitcoin, is to move value from person to person. And under the law, right, current law, the BSA laws, now I don't like these laws either, but instead of overturning these laws, you know, and saying that it's unfair, you try to pretend like you're not doing this transfer of value because it's on the blockchain, right? Cause you've come up with this new technology. Uh, you think that the rules don't apply to you. Um, I don't think that's fair and I don't think that, that having certain people be able to avoid certain laws, uh, using technology. I don't think that's a very objectivist thing to, uh, to, to principle to abide by. That sounds like tyranny to me. That sounds like, uh, you know, I don't have to follow the rules. Um, or I, I wish Bitcoin to be different, right? I wish Bitcoin to be a technology that gets around the rules. Um, but it actually doesn't get around the rules. It just breaks them. Like in reality, Bitcoin is a value transfer system. And the miners are integral. The miners are the ones batching these transactions together. And the source of truth is the blockchain. And who puts the transactions in the block, right? It's, it's not a peer-to-peer system. It is... There is an intermediary, it's called the miners. You 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 create a transaction and you put it in the internet or the mempool, goes to the nodes, it eventually gets to the miners. They're the ones that put it in the block and put it up, you know, post it out to the chain. They're the ones that do this. That's the source of truth for the Bitcoin. And they just deny this. So they deny it because I think they're motivated to not talk about this so that they don't have regulators on their back so that they can continue breaking the law for their own, you know, regulatory arbitrage they have going with this thing called blockchain. Uh, But I hate it. I I think it's hypocrisy. I think what they're doing, um, either it's a flat out lie, they know what they're doing and they're trying to con people into pretending like they're not money transmitters um, so that they don't have regulators come after them or they honest, or the the only other explanation is that they honestly believe that they're, they're somehow avoiding the law because they're avoiding the details of the law. They don't have the intermediary actually, you know, in between, uh, in between transactions, and so they think that because the the bitcoin's not sent to the miner first, uh, the miner just basically stamps approval on it that, that they can get away with with money transmitting. Well, that's looking at a technical detail, but not looking at conceptually what's going on here and the law actually was amended the patriot act was amended to say you're moving value by any means by any means basically uh it doesn't matter how you do it technologically speaking uh you're you are you know moving money so um so basically in my opinion whatever they're doing here they're rejecting reality they think they're special um they they they're not treating people equally um they're not, they don't think that they should be um, beholden to the rule of law. Uh, and again, I'm not a BSA apologist here. I'm just saying I believe in the rule of law. I believe it should be applied equally. And if you don't, if you don't like the rules and the law, you should work to overturn it. Bitcoin is, has a huge, powerful lobby. They have a lot of money. They could probably make this happen or gin up enough support. right? They have political candidates. Why aren't they advocating to, to um, return these laws, overturn them? Why, one of the reasons why is because they know they have a special uh, little regulatory moat here, right? They have this advantage now that other financial and in- traditional financial institutions, you know, like a PayPal or Venmo or whatever, uh, just don't have, right? They have to f- abide by the laws, and it's very expensive. So, of course, the Bitcoiners are not going to, now that they have this advantage, they're probably not going to care about overturning the law, even though they'll talk about it. Talking about how oh this BSA law is so oppressive, it's awful. You know we shouldn't we should have our privacy back. Yeah, well then why aren't you why aren't you aggressively campaigning using the power that you've amassed by getting rich in Bitcoin uh, to buy off you know buy off these politicians? Uh, why aren't you campaigning to remove the law? You're not. What, what are you doing? You're campaigning to at least a lot of the Bitcoiners right now are trying to remove capital gains tax just from Bitcoin, right? Again, just from Bitcoin. Uh, that is really annoying to me as well. Um, they're trying to make legal tender laws in different states or get get Bitcoin on a state balance sheet or, or a reserve asset or, or try to accept Bitcoin for taxes. I mean, all of this stuff, Bitcoin is turning status, so that's another, they're aligning themselves with government. You know, objectivists don't really... Uh, well, you know, I don't know if it goes that far, but, um, um, but yeah, like this doesn't sound like a libertarian to me, aligning yourself with the government. I mean, adoption isn't happening fast enough, so now you have to force adoption at the threat of a gun. Um, yeah, I mean, if anybody has any questions or any thoughts, I welcome that, um, i uh i just I just thought of this this idea um, trying to compare bitcoin to objectivism because a lot of bitcoiners compare Bitcoin to you know Austrian economics and um, and you know a lot of bitcoiners are also libertarians and some you know a lot of bitcoiners probably believe in objectivism so I haven't thought about it that long but maybe like a day, and these are just some random thoughts I had on it. Um, But I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting um, idea to see if it really, is Bitcoin really fit with the ideas of objectivism. Um, I'd be, I'd be a lot more sympathetic to the Bitcoiners if they um, weren't committing massive amounts of fraud. Um, And I don't think everybody in Bitcoin is committing fraud. But if you're lying, if you're misrepresenting what Bitcoin is in order to get people to buy into it, uh, that's fraud. You know, if you are making statements about what it fundamentally is, and you know, if you're saying you should hodl, you should never sell, and you yourself have ever sold Bitcoin before, um, you could be sued for fraud. And there's many, many Bitcoiners out there that do say HODL. And I'm just waiting for the day where, like, a Dan Held gets sued because of this. Because, I mean, there's, I'm singling him out, but he's not the only one. Um, but I'd be very, very careful, because I bet you Dan Held has, um, has sold some Bitcoin in the past. And what, what let's just play out what would happen here. So somebody who's following Dan Held's advice. And sees the HODL narrative, right, and just holds on. Maybe maybe this guy buys Bitcoin. He's up, right, and then he goes back down. Maybe he's at a loss. And Dan Held says, don't worry, just HODL. It always comes back, four-year cycle, whatever. Um, well, Dan Held, you know, maybe maybe he gets a lot of advertising money to pump Bitcoin. But he's also, maybe um, maybe he sold some in the past. Like, has Dan Held ever sold Bitcoin? Probably. I, I mean, I'd guess that most Bitcoiners have sold at least a little bit. Um, but yeah, so I guarantee you he's sold Bitcoin in the past. Now, all I have to do is say, I read Dan Held's tweets, I huddled, and I have to have a real loss, right? So I have to have bought Bitcoin and then sold it lower, Um, Or or maybe not sold it at all, because HODL implies that you haven't sold, right? So maybe you have to have bought Bitcoin, but be currently way down on it, right? But still holding it. So you could theoretically sue Dan Held, and you could say, I'm accusing you of fraud. Um, Now, does Dan Held have a duty to the people that that he's reading his tweets? That's where it becomes touch and go. Has Dan Held ever ever spoken publicly has he ever sold tickets to an event has he ever done classes on bitcoin and in those classes has he ever said hodl um how much has he said hodl like who's he affiliated with what companies probably kraken i think but so there's all of these issues probably that would come up but um but you know you could get somebody very easily like a sailor right who who has a duty to shareholders of MicroStrategy? Who puts on classes of Bitcoin? So what you do is you register for his class, and then there's there's this evidence that ties you right. So you bought his class, and he said hodl in this class, uh, you know, and then you have more of a claim, right? Because well, I mean, I think a judge would say, you know, if you're a public person on Twitter, popular crypto person, Bitcoin bro, whatever, everybody knows who you are. Um, even if you didn't actually take a class, there's no proof that you, you know, looked at his tweet. Um, I think it could probably still talk, you know, claim that, that you followed his advice and, um, and that, that, uh, you could, you could say that, well, look, he's telling people to do something on, on a public, on a very public space, like Bitcoin, Twitter is very public. And he's a, he's a prominent guy. He's got, I don't know, however many followers he has, um. And I followed his advice, right? And I, I'm now down and I want to see, I'm suing Dan Hill because I want to see, I have the suspicion that he's been selling Bitcoin all along. And if he's been selling, but he's been telling other people not to sell, then he's lied because he hasn't followed his own advice that he's giving other people. And he told other the only reason why he told other people to not sell and if he's caught selling it's because he wants to get out of bitcoin at a good at a better price right because if people start selling its price is going to go down even more so he wants to be able to sell but he doesn't want other people to be able to sell so that's a clear gain through a lie right that he said everybody should everybody else should be hodling but that that was clearly a lie, because if you can prove from his bank statement that he's ever sold Bitcoin or at least sold it with, you know, within a reasonable amount of time from when the HODL tweet c- came out or when he spoke about HODLing at whatever conference or whatever class he, he does, um, then you can nail him. Like, I think this would be an easy win. Um, and I, I think it I think it just shows that the Bitcoiners are not being very careful at all and what they say. And I think it's because they think that this Bitcoin thing isn't a security, it can never be a security, uh, and that and that they, they don't have a duty to anybody. Well, you do have a duty when you're selling something, not to commit fraud. I mean, it doesn't have to be a security, right, so for you to commit fraud. As a business owner, you can't market your products in, in a way or misrepresent them or lie about what you're doing, right? Um, you'll be charged with fraud. Now, fraud is a crime that can be prosecuted from the state, but it's also something that can be pursued um, civilly. So somebody can, what I'm talking about mainly here is private lawsuits uh, going after these prominent Bitcoiners uh, for, for basically lying uh, to others, right? Telling them to huddle while they're secretly selling Bitcoin, right? So that they are personally gaining from this and harming others who follow this advice not to sell. And, you know, this whole not this whole idea of getting people not to sell a judge and and just regular people are going to see right through this. Like, I, I, I don't understand how people don't see this, that it's clearly this scheme for some people to get out, right, at favorable prices and for other people to be bag holders for this thing. And it's so ridiculous. It should be so easy to see because a lot of these Bitcoiners will say you should always hodl and never sell. Never sell. Seriously, never sell. Never sell at all. And sometimes they say, well, eventually you'll be able to trade your Bitcoin directly for a house or something that you need in the future. So... So, but that's technically selling your Bitcoin. It's just doing it a different way. And they're assuming a lot of things here. They're assuming that Bitcoin is going to be accepted as a medium of exchange, that somebody's actually going to want your Bitcoin in the future and not want it to go, you know, directly to dollars or need a middleman to settle the trade. Um, there's, there's all of these things that they're just hoping for. This is going back to they're wishing for this stuff. And I think they need to be very careful with making claims that are just untrue today. And, 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 and what they really should say is that I wish Bitcoin would go to a million dollars. I wish Bitcoin would be the common medium of exchange. I wish Bitcoin was the unit of account. I wish Bitcoin could replace the dollar. I wish whatever, whatever it is that they wish for. Um, I wish Bitcoin to eventually go up in price and then stabilize at some price magically somehow, right? Because they want Bitcoin to be stable money. And it can't be money if it's not stable. So I've made this point before, that I think that Bitcoin is an algorithmic stable coin wannabe. Um, and it was funny, because they bash stable coins. Uh, you know, they bash stable coins that are algorithmically, you know, whatever. But But what is Bitcoin? It's not backed by anything, right? And I realize it's not pegged anything and they don't really, they don't explicitly come out with the narrative of we want it to be pegged to something. But by claiming that they want it to be money in the future, they need it to be relatively stable in price. So what is that? What is that narrative right now? That's a stable coin, right? That's like a stable coin. And there's different types of stable coins. There's collateralized stable coins. There's, there's, There's ones backed by other cryptos. There's ones backed by dollars. You know, and so they want to, but they don't want to back it by anything. They just want this, this Bitcoin thing to, uh, you know, what they if they were honest, they'd basically say, we, we we're we not happy with the current price of Bitcoin right now. We want it to be much higher because our goal is that we've been talking about how it's going to go to a million. We want everybody who's, who bought it 60,000 to make money. So everybody who bought it right now needs to be uh, a winner. So we need it to go up to a million dollars of Bitcoin. But then, you know, at some point, maybe 10 million. You know, some people might say 100 million. Okay. But then at some point, we got to figure out how to stabilize this thing. We got to figure out how to get it to stay, to, to not be so volatile. And they, they, they always claim that, like, they don't have any evidence for this. But they always claim, again, that, that Bitcoin is going to do this. It's going to go up to a million. And then it's going to become stable because adoption, because it's going to be adopted. And, and, and more people might use it. But why, they never explain how. This is just another I wish. I wish it to be true that Bitcoin can go to $1 million a coin and and stay there. Or at least never drop. Like you don't want it to go to a million and then drop back down to like 100 k or something. Uh, you want it to, to, to sort of remain a level. Uh, I think that's what their goal is. And again, this looks to me like an algorithmically uh unbacked you know stablecoin product you know that that that's their goal that that's what bitcoin that's what their goal for bitcoin is uh but again these are just wishes and they haven't said exactly how they're going to stabilize bitcoin or or why it should i think they don't they don't want anybody pulling the levers right but they want somehow it naturally to happen they want somehow uh you know the free market to just uh somehow magically get rid of all the bitcoin volatility um, because they, they want it to be, you know, in different hands. And a lot of them say, well, it'll be used as a reserve asset one day. It'll be used as like, it'll be parked in, in, in banks, right? And banks will, will, will have claims that they issue on this Bitcoin. And so Bitcoin, because it can't really scale, right? They need, they want it to be this reserve asset. Uh, and they, they hope this, this is another wish of theirs. They, but, but, but this is, um, funny to me because Bitcoin was supposed to be this thing, that um, they don't like the backing, right? They don't like the backing because there's there's trust and you have to like trust uh, the Fed, right? That they won't print extra dollars, right? That once dollars were backed by gold and they won't just keep printing because you have to trust this institution to not print more claims on the backing. Well, what's going to happen when they put Bitcoin at the Federal Reserve or they put Bitcoin in all these other nation states or these banks, right, that hold it in reserve? How are they going to to ensure that, that no one's making additional um, claims on Bitcoin. You know, and this is the problem with, with all of these layer two solutions that I see. Maybe not not including Lightning, but if you have something like a wrapped Bitcoin, you're taking this thing called Bitcoin, you're creating this ERC token that's, that's basically acting like a stable coin to Bitcoin because they want a Bitcoin to play on Ethereum, or some people did. So, um, but they, how do you know that there's not more wrapped Bitcoin being created than there is actual Bitcoin backing it up? Like, so you have this problem anytime you you create sort of a claim, like you have Bitcoin as a reserve and then you create this claim thing uh, on it. So um, I don't understand why the Bitcoiners now, there's a lot of them too, that really want Bitcoin to be this reserve asset. They've been talking about this for over a year. Uh, but in my opinion... Well, well, isn't that why you didn't? Wasn't that your criticism of having gold, you know, of having gold backed uh, dollars because eventually the people will um, will take us off the gold standard or print more more claims, more dollar claims than gold backing it? Wasn't that the problem initially? So how are you going to solve that? Um, so I just see a bunch of wishes from the Bitcoin community with no clear evidence on on how any of these dreams are going to come true and these wishes in some instances are treated as like truth claims they're treated as oh this is this is this is going to happen the volatility is going away i mean you just gotta wait uh it eventually will go away because of because you know they'll spot off reasons like adoption or something uh but just it's never really i mean they don't (sighs) I mean, just saying adoption doesn't doesn't give me confidence that the volatility is going to go away. I mean, the volatility is always going to exist um, in an asset like like Bitcoin that's not tied to any real thing. Um, you know, that's why stable coins, dollar-backed stable coins are somewhat stable, is because in theory, you can redeem them for a dollar. Uh, and so, you know, in theory. <laughs> um, if you don't tie... Bitcoin to anything if you just let it free float. It's just at the demand. It's just a speculative trade that just is based off of current mood, supply and demand. I think it's mainly based off of um, cheap money. I think that Bitcoin will basically end when cheap money ends, which is another contradiction. Um, The Bitcoiners now cheer the Fed printing and they cheer, it's almost like they cheer the money printer. And they also cheer Tether, which is basically, I know that Tether is creating Tether without proper backing and lending it to preferred customers, like preferred people out of thin air. Uh, because I, why would they lend the Tether directly? If they were lending, lending, um, money, if they were lending something, it would probably be dollars on their books because when they create a Tether, they, they, they have the Tether go out the door and they take a dollar. They're supposed to bring in a dollar for this. So in theory, they should be lending real dollars, but they always say they're lending Tether. And, you know, maybe the reason they can get away with this, it looks like, oh, well, because everyone wants our stablecoin, Okay. But then does this make sense? They would have to basically take those dollars that they have on their books. And then, um, so FTX says, no, 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 no. I don't really want your loan in dollars. I really want the Tether. So what Tether would do is they'd have to take the dollars on their books they got, right? Uh, from already issued Tether, and they'd have to go back into the market and buy the Tether, buy some Tether, and then give it to FTX, and then lend it to FTX. Does that make sense? Or does it make more sense that that for their preferred customers, they're people that aren't, you know, they know they aren't going to break the peg and whatever, uh, that they can also help them maybe make, make money, right? Because if they're lending, they're probably charging FTX some kind of spread, or maybe not. Maybe they're just uh, lending it to them out of the goodness of their hearts, or maybe they're just partners. I don't know. Um, but they they would be lending some them something easily, uh, unbacked. Like, so it makes more sense. And I don't, obviously they're not doing this with all their tethers. Um, but it makes sense to me that this thing is being lent out to some people preferred customers, uh, without any backing. And the, the, the people like Adam back, you know, the Bitcoiners that are supposed to be they're supposed to this motto, trust, not verify, verify, uh, verify don't trust right or something like that but they just trust tether they just want you to assume that all is well you know don't 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 have any questions don't have any skepticism don't think about this logically don't don't use your own reason just 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 accept the fact that tether hasn't broke its peg and everything is great and hunky-dory and i don't i don't get this and i also don't understand why um why they you know obviously they know what's going on. Some people know what's going on with Tether. Tether is used to buy up all these assets. All these assets are inflationary and they all sort of trade together. They have all these pairs together. In my opinion, the altcoins are actually really good for Bitcoin because it just means more potential pairs to be traded in this thing to, to inflate it up. Um, but, but Tether especially, it's stable coins especially, especially if they can just create these things without any audits or con- or controls. But um, the Bitcoiners love Heather. It's like their own little Fed money printer inside the crypto community. Uh, and so while they're supposed to be criticizing the Fed, now they sort of have created their own little Fed. And they also want the Fed to keep printing. Because I think the, the, the people that maybe, um, you know, I don't understand all this stuff fully, but, but my current working understanding is that I think that, Um, that that the fed is definitely needed cheap money is definitely needed to keep Bitcoin going because um, well it's, it's not only zero sum it's non-productive. It's actually a drain on society's resources because the miners have to mine, they have to get paid and they have to spend resources, real world resources, like real electricity, real computers, real people running these mines, uh, Real, you know, real, real expenses here, uh, and they want them to get paid in dollars. And so, some of this Bitcoin has to be sold. And and when this reward, this new issuance of Bitcoin every ten minutes, uh, comes in, right, it's inflationary and it, it dilutes all the current Bitcoin holders. And we know that these Bitcoin miners either they have to go to the public markets to raise money for their expenses, you know, because some of them want to hodl the Bitcoin because they're just as much believers of Bitcoin as, as you know your regular old hodler out there or Bitcoin maxi. Um, So they either have to sell the Bitcoin they mine, you know, or they have to raise money in the public markets to fund this project. But either way, all the Bitcoiners are being diluted through these new issuance of Bitcoin that's created every 10 minutes. Uh, And so you need the price to keep rising, basically for this whole thing to keep going, um, to to get people to keep holding. Because if the price fails, you know, at least, you know, it has its ups and downs, and I realize there's bear markets, but the price needs to keep pumping. It needs to keep rising, because um, if it fails to pump, uh, you know, people aren't going to be interested anymore. Um, And it needs money, it needs new money, it needs basically new dollars coming in. It needs either new people coming in, Right, so this is the constant push to get more and more people coming in, and now they're going across the whole entire world to get new people to come in, uh, you know, trying to sell it to other countries and stuff. But um, it needs new people, but it fundamentally needs more money. It needs more dollars, and so you have—it's a non-productive activity. It requires more and more dollars to keep the price going up, right? So, you know, inflation. Is part of that the dollar supply, but they also have the their own stablecoin inflation, and their own um, all the other cryptos basically that trade for Bitcoin also help prop it up. But um, but I yeah I think that they definitely need the money printer to keep going. I think that, that like sound money or 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 the dollar not being printed um, or being debased would actually kill Bitcoin. <laughs> like there'd be no reason for Bitcoin uh, um, to to even exist. Like, and it would just fail on its own because the only reason why capital is flowing into this space is because people get it for free. You know, they bid up Bitcoin. They, they put it towards these nonproductive activities, causes the bubble. Uh, other people are see the bubble, they come in. And then some Bitcoiners commit fraud and induce other people through lies to come in, uh, which more people come in, more money is flowing in. But when we see tightening, when we see this, this cheap money flow cut off, uh, everything starts to go the other way. And technically, Bitcoiners think that, well, we've tightened before in 2018, but not really. I mean, yeah, kind of. And then they just loosened again. Uh, but they, 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 we haven't really experienced, like Bitcoin has only existed since oh eight, which um, we've been in an inflationary period ever since there. We're just printing gobs and gobs of money. Uh, we've never... You know, seeing Bitcoin really see what happens to it when um, we're in a very severe economic downturn and they're not able to just print gobs and gobs of money and debase the currency. Let's, let's see what happens to Bitcoin then, because I don't think we're going to see all this money flowing to this space uh, when money is no longer just hand, handed out like candy, basically for free to some people. Um, and that's when the bubble pops and I think it's just it's just I think it's crazy for the Bitcoiners not to see this This what I consider just objective reality. Um, but I could be wrong. This is just my own speculation, my own theories. Uh, so I definitely could be wrong. And um, I love to hear different arguments. So if anybody has any thoughts, um, I probably i am just about done here so if anybody has any thoughts that they want to ask or comment on or maybe i'm completely wrong um i could be this is just my own my own personal thoughts um on on this on the topic but i'm going to be thinking more about how objectivism you know how the theory how the how the framework or theories of objectivism um relate to bitcoin kind of compare and contrast what makes sense to me what doesn't because I, I think it's super hard to understand Bitcoin uh, because there's all these different competing narratives and theories about what it is and um, I, I think you know they had this report by block Jack Dorsey's company that somebody shared I think Marty Bent shared it and it was like the number one barrier to people buying Bitcoin or getting into Bitcoin new people is that they don't want to buy something they don't understand so they're like we need to up our education we need to Figure out how to how to make sure these people feel more comfortable buying Bitcoin. Well, I'm thinking, the more that you, that you speak, the more that you're going to confuse people because actually, the people have it right. Don't buy something that you don't understand. It's the people that get in big trouble when they buy stuff they don't get. And in my opinion, it's maybe that that thing where where you you spend however many hours on something, and you think you understand it and you have a lot of confidence. Maybe that's the first hour of Bitcoin knowledge. And then like the more deeper and deeper you go, the more you're, you're to listen to these Bitcoin podcasts and stuff and, and people talking about what Bitcoin is and what it's going to be. And the more confusing it gets, <laughs> it's it's just, and it's because there's all these, these crazy statements that don't make sense to people. It doesn't make sense to me that Bitcoin would just go to a million. Now I think it can, it's like the perfect speculative ass- asset because you can say anything about it because it's just, it's because the price for Bitcoin of, of like $10 makes sense to me. So the price of $10 million, it could go to $10 million, sure, right? What, I mean, why not? <laughs> uh, but but I think the more they talk, the more they confuse people. Maybe maybe not. Maybe I'm just different. But um, in my opinion, the more they talk about what Bitcoin is and they say go down the rabbit hole, the more uh, confused someone is going to get. <laughs> um, unless they sort of are doing their own thinking, you know, absorbing what somebody might say about it and then doing their own own thinking and does it make sense in their head. But again, like back to tying it back to objectivism, you should be able to sort of reason through things on your own. Like, I mean, you can't reason, you can't learn, you know, you can learn by observing and learn by, um, you should be able to just like figure out how stuff is, is working and does it make sense to you? At least that's how I think of, of reason, is using your own logic, you know and 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 just observe observing reality not 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 thinking well I really wish this is how a lot of traders I think get in trouble is they say well I really wish I'm going to be a millionaire and then somebody comes over Bitcoin podcast and says oh Bitcoin's going to a million and they just their I wish overtakes their their objective you know logical um analysis of this and it's just like well oh, two and two. Okay. Uh, I guess, um, I might buy some Bitcoin because everybody's wishing for it to go to a million. And if we wish hard enough, maybe it will. Um, anyways. Okay. I'm going to sign off here for now.